This is the Between You and Me podcast, a production of the KAXE Morning Show. I'm Chelsea Perkins, News Director of KAXE, and I am here with Heidi Holton. Hi, Heidi. Hi, Chelsea. Another Between You and Me uh, conversation here that we're bringing to you. Now, Chelsea, there's so many plays and, and theater productions, and I am I'm never somebody who's going to get up on that stage and be in that play, but I love what it brings to our community, me going to it, but what it brings to people's lives and especially to kids. These are conversations we have fairly regularly on the morning show about these productions, but you saw something that was going on in the Virginia area through the Lyric Center for the Arts that caught your eye and you wanted to do this interview. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. You know, I've I've seen probably hundreds of news releases over the years about events, um, plays, artistic endeavors of, of any variety. But this one, I noticed that they had taken care to mention the fact that they're doing a play about Pacific Islander culture in Virginia, Minnesota, which is about as far away as you can get from the Pacific Islands as possible, and that they made an effort to... Uh, make sure they were being culturally respectful. And they also mentioned about the eco-friendly nature and the fact that that is honored in the story of Moana and that they wanted to do that in the play as well. So those two things made it stand out from your typical news release. Yeah. It was really interesting to think about because, like I said, I'm not someone who's been involved in plays, but all the stuff you need on stage, all the costumes, all the very little details that make you kind of fall in love with the play when you sit down in a theater. You know, she said in this interview, she said something like, we didn't want to go buy everything on Amazon. Right. You know, the sword. They made a paper mache, I think she was. Oh, no, it's the arm. The Maui's hook. Maui's hook. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I, you know, I've been in a couple of community theater productions, and that's always part of it is like sourcing everything for the costumes and the props and the set. That's it's a fun thing to do in a way because you are, you know, looking for this uh, little random hat that you need, and so you're reaching out to a bunch of people, and then, well, maybe we can't find that hat, but maybe we can trim off a little bit of this hat, and it'll <laughs> it'll yeah. be the right thing. It's so much more fun to do it that way. And I thought it was great that they were trying to instill those values in in the kids who are participating. Right. They're naming this. Like, it sounds like this is something that, you know, small theater, uh, community theaters throughout northern Minnesota do already because they don't have excess funds to just go buy a new thing for their set for the next play. But they're naming this. And I, I think that's really important here, too, as we kind of look to our future of all the, you know, we're trying to figure out how to recycle. We're trying to figure out how long is our clean water going to be here? I mean, there's just a whole bunch of things. And we need to start having these kinds of conversations, even about the art that we make. Right. And the the cultural relevance piece or the cultural respect piece, I thought that was maybe the most important part of the conversation, really, because you know, um, it could be easy to fall into some of the tropes that you think of with Pacific Islander culture and right. what a caricature almost of what we as Northern Minnesotans view that culture as through pop culture lens and 
it was impressive to me that even for a, a youth production, you know, that they would take the steps to ensure that, hey, let's treat this in an appropriate way so that we are being respectful. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm going to be honest, I was, I was clueless. I don't, I don't know the story of Moana, but like to me, someone taking that kind of care would mean more like something um, that have people of various races, races that may not be here. And for some reason, I didn't really think of that with a Disney play, this Moana Jr. And it's absolutely true. I think she said something to us like, you know, it's not going to be hula. It's not going to be these things that we think of. And I think it would have been really easy for people to think, oh, it's it's just Hawaii. It's just the Pacific. It's not like it's not being racist by because we see some of this culture. It's like the fun vacation places we go, you know, and it's like it's absolutely true. These are indigenous people that their culture should not be put on display in the middle of the Iron Range of Minnesota unless that story is being told authentically. Right. And, you know, it, it, I'm glad you mentioned about the fact that it's indigenous people we're talking about. I mean, Moana, first of all, you should watch it, Heidi, because okay. it's a great movie. And I think you would like it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we, we think so much about that in this region in general because of the indigenous cultures surrounding us. And maybe when it feels like an arm's length away, it doesn't feel quite as um, necessary to be so respectful. And so I, that's that stuck out to me. Yeah, that's always a, a goal of ours is to include um, indigenous, you know, we're surrounded by um, many people in the uh, Minnesota Chippewa tribe, the Red Lake Nation, and try to develop relationships with folks and do authentic conversations. It, it's not the easiest of things to do. I was just having a conversation with Kari Headland, our music director, about this. She was recently at a conference and was talking about she was on a panel there to talk about how we actively be diverse in the programming that we do. And of course, hers was specific to music. And she said that everyone came up to her afterwards, that they had been trying to include African-American artists and women and Latinx people. No, they hadn't thought of indigenous people. And she was floored. She's like, what are you talking about? And the, and she said even someone from New York said, well, we don't have indigenous people here. I'm like, yeah, you do. <laughs> you sure do. Right. You know, and I, I mean, it's an, it's an ongoing thing. I don't mean we have it figured out ourselves. And we know that that's a relationship that we have to work at and figure out as we go forward. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to try to figure this out. But for us in our region, even if it's 97% white people, that's not an excuse. No. That is not the world. Um, that is where we live, and that's going to change really quickly. Well, rural people are not a monolith. Right. Let's talk about some rural people who are making some art. Now, this play already happened by the time you listened to it, but we still thought it was a great conversation to share with you, so please enjoy. We've been talking all morning about the events going on this weekend. Up next, we're spotlighting a musical headed to the stage of the Lyric Center for the Arts in Virginia. Opening tomorrow night through Sunday is Disney's Moana Jr. Here to tell us more is Lindsay Bergen. Good morning. 
So you've got a cast of 35 students in this play. Tell us about the story and music of Moana Jr. Um, Well, Moana Jr. is um, based off of the film Moana. So it's about, you know, the coming of age of a young woman who is about to be handed, you know, off to kind of lead the village that she's in. It's it's her time to step into that role, and um, she does not exactly see that for herself. She has other ideas, and within, like, learning more about the role, she learns that the crops on the island, there are crops that are starting to deteriorate, and um, so they're not really sure where they're going to get all of their food from, and they don't leave their island because um, of previous incidences. So they stay to where they can. And Moana decides that she wants to try and venture out where she can find, you know, fresh fish, fresh food. And through her story, she learns that her village used to be wayfinders. They used to travel everywhere to find food. And she comes across, you know, many characters and Maui, the big one, and just kind of goes on a journey to find herself and, you know, save her, her land and, um, kind of tell, tell the people, you know, we have a different role than what we've been used to. So, so Lindsay, this is, you know, this is really about culture. This is a lot about sustainability and you have taken efforts to make sure the, everyone involved kind of understands that. Could you kind of tell us more about why you thought it was important to respect the culture and tell this story appropriately? Sure. Well, um, we live in northern Minnesota. There are not many of us here who are from Pacific Islands. You know, we we want to make sure that in telling a story for another culture that we appreciate and respect their stories. These stories come from 2,000 plus years ago. And with that, we wanted to source out maybe a mentor who is um, born and raised in that culture who could guide us along and make sure we're making appropriate decisions, you know, not making it, you know, stereotyped, you know, tiki and luau, because that's just kind of not what this story is about. So we were able to find um, a performer named Inor Munez, who is uh, a working actor and performer in New York, but he was born on Hawaii. And he has been great with guiding us, like just making props, sending him pictures and saying, you know, how does this look? You know, what do you feel about it? And he's like, "Mm, maybe like tweak it a little bit here or and then just kind of getting his approval and like just resources that he could send us to. And he did a couple Zooms with the kids because the kids knew that it was very important also that we don't, you know, mimic anything. We don't do you know, silly hulas and things like that. This is a serious story and we're going to learn and appreciate what we are doing and tell this story to our Northland culture. So that has been a really important message for us to bring. And Norm has uh, had a couple of Zooms with us and watched the rehearsals and he's actually coming today to be with us for our final dress rehearsal and our opening night. So we're very excited about that. Wow, that's fun. Uh, So one of the other things you mentioned in the um, news release that you sent us was about the kids who are participating in the play creating art uh, in a sustainable and eco-friendly way. What does that mean? Can you tell us about that? 
Well, a big part of it is um, like resourcing and repurposing items rather than ordering things strictly off of Amazon, going to, you know, party store, teaching them, you know, we can thrift items. We can also like the Lyric is abundant with donations, which is amazing. So we're always trying to send that message that we can recycle and repurpose and reuse items rather than buying new and with art, like we can appreciate nature within it too. So we can collect items from outdoors and turn that into art. And with the story of Moana, we wanted to keep it as organic as possible using only items that would have been available. Obviously we are, you know, we had to buy a few things, but it was very little that we had to actually buy. We have just this whole giant room of, of costumes that we've repurposed and, um, patterns that we've just kind of, um, you know, made into the appropriate costumes. And, you know, Maui's hook was made out of paper mache and old, you know, cardboard boxes and such. And the kids have just been kind of realizing, you know, in your recycling bin, you can find these items and turn it into something, you know, magical. Like, so Maui's hook is weird collected items now looks like a live version of Maui's hook rather than buying the plastic costume toy, you know, for Disney's Moana. So that's really important for them to see that, you know, we have ways to conserve and, and protect our environment, which is a big part of the story of Moana is, you know, conserving and protecting our oceans and our environment and just kind of helping them to understand that many of our youngest kids are only eight. So this is, you know, a big, a big shift for them and they've been having so much fun. Lindsay, is that something that you have done before at the Lyric Center? Is it because of kind of the themes within Moana Jr.? We try and and, um, incorporate that into most of our activities just because we are really abundant with donations and we are nonprofit that only has so much for a budget to work with. So it is important in our everyday activity and purposes. Um, But for this one, it was definitely showcased more because of the story and trying to respect the organic nature of, of what Moana's, you know, village would have done. So how are the kids that are involved in this play doing at this point? I mean, have you seen a change in them since the beginning of rehearsal time? Um, Yeah, definitely. They are growing and it's really fun because this is a lot of their first time on the stage. We have a nice little collection of repeat kids, but some of the, you know, we last year, our spring play had 10 kids in it. And this year we have 35, which is an amazing growth. So we're very excited about that. But it it is um, the first time for many of these kids and just watching them kind of go from just being a little timid and, you know, pulling out their potentials and then just really having fun with it and owning these characters and, you know, feeling a sense of pride too, because they know they're telling a story that they want to make sure is told correctly. And, and it's not just, you know, silly time. It's also, you know, they're really taking pride in what they're doing and finding a little bit more of themselves. So it's, it's been really great to see them grow and create bonds and new friendships and, We're talking with Lindsay Bergen from the Lyric Center for the Arts in Virginia. So, Lindsay, for those of us who don't know that special place of the Lyric Center, can you tell us what what you all do there, what that place is actually like? Well, we um, 
are a full art center. We have a, a gallery, so we do artistic features every month with a new artist. And we have members and an art colony who are in gifts in the gallery. And then we have an annex space next door, which has like a little black box stage and an open art area. Every Thursday, so we do this open art club where anybody is free to come in all ages use the supplies we have set out and just create freely just a safe space to come without pressure to spend money and then we have you know nighttime we have open mic nights and sometimes we have concerts and we're just always trying to find new new ways to bring new um, opportunities to the iron range and new artistic you know endeavors and reaching out to artists and we're just an open safe space and we're right in the downtown Virginia historic Chestnut Street. So there's, it's just a very open and fun place to be. Thanks for your time today, Lindsay. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Between You and Me podcast on KAXE, made possible by the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund and the citizens of Minnesota, with music by Sam Milton. Mm-hmm.